head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 195 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan from SevereMMA.com. Joined today <laughs> by the by the Stephen A. Smith of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. Fucking hell. <laughs> Sweet talk. A big night for uh, the UFC last night. Uh, and a big wife, uh, night even for Bellator coming up next week and other news and notes and answer your questions and everything like that. Graham, how are you? How are things? Stephen A. Smith, fucking yeah. hell. That's, uh, that's harsh. I actually, I think that's the level you're at now, you know, you've, <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've fallen off a no big, clue. Uh, big hill. Get, let's get into that first of all. What did you think of, like, the, the ESPN changes weren't big, there wasn't, there wasn't was anything very insane. Very similar, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was so a few slow, things. the pacing as well, like, you... Just everything was the same, bar, <coughs> bar like Stephen A. Smith basically. <laughs> the pacing, the pacing for the Trevor or for the, the prelims was pretty much the same. But when it came to the main card, they rolled through them pretty quickly. I thought they just went. Straight. I know you you kind of fell asleep and watched them this morning as well. So maybe you didn't see uh, see it perfectly because you obviously forward on and stuff. But the. I thought the pacing was fantastic for the main card. Like, you can understand with the ESPN card, because it's on TV. You know, it's a two-hour block. Whatever happens, it's going to have to be two hours. You might as well spread out the fights, because you have to, uh, you know, clear up that time anyway, use up that time. But for the main card, I thought it was it was fantastic. You obviously had, you know, the the two or three-minute breaks and, and the, uh, you know, talking about the fights before them, because for the international uh, audiences like BT Sports and stuff, they have to go for breaks and stuff, obviously. But I thought it was really, really good. Be- better than usual, to be honest, the pacing. But the undercard, you can re- you can really understand the undercard, though, can't you? Yeah, well, when, when they do the the fight pass prelims, they need to have more than one fight set for an hour. Like, you're waiting an hour, of, or you have one fight in an hour, and then you're waiting, like, 10, 15 minutes at the start of the broadcast for another fight. And you need to keep people interested. Like, people are getting... Getting uh, tired waiting, like you know, this has been going on for a long time. Where people have been complaining about the pacing, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, ESPN obviously new in the game. Hopefully, there there's going to be some teething problems, obviously, but hopefully that they'll look at ways to improve. And the main card being quicker is 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 definitely a huge bonus because most 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 fans that are watching are just watching the main card. Like people aren't really watching the the fight pass prelims and. A lot of people aren't watching the prelims; they're just watching the main the main card. Maybe they're tuning in for the the prelim main event because it's Don Zeroni. But um, yeah, I think you need to get, like it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad start. Like a, it could have went a lot worse, and I think they will get better because ESPN obviously do a lot of sports and seem to do them well. Yeah, I think yeah, Zach Candido as well. The the UFC kind of uh, producer behind the scenes guy who does like you know sorts out a lot of the 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 running order and the timing and stuff for the UFC he was talking as well about upcoming cards are going to be a little bit earlier than usual you know 8pm ET which is what uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1am 1, 1 for a lot of the main cards coming up here which is great for us like so <laughs> you know no, no yeah. problem with that at all it feels like it feels like the UFC and ESPN and maybe the UFC especially, like, maybe set it to ESPN or something, that this is kind of what our audience is telling us. This is the, how we want to change, you know. They were kind of stuck in, in Fox Sports for, for a lot of years. And, you know, okay, the the big ESPN cards are probably going to be the same time and the big pay-per-view cards as well. But I think for these Fight Pass cards, people want them earlier. And I think it's, you know, it's obviously going to be better yeah. for us, but I think it's better for the people in America as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, ESPN like probably want to like you. They obviously pay a lot of money for the UFC uh, TV deal, and they want to make it. They probably want to make it like like every other sport, like in prime time for the big fights and all that stuff. Not like a late night sport mm-hmm. that like you know you kind of have to you have to kind of dedicate your night to. Like you, if if the card is on at, at eight, you can watch the fights and go out in America, depending on your time zone. You don't have to set the night aside and not not go out that night if if the fights are on a little bit earlier, depending on your your time zone in America. So maybe they're, they're going to try a few things and see what works. And 
whatever works that go with that like uh i say i'll say we'll see them mix it up a little bit like they're not just going to do it exactly like fox and hopefully like things like Stephen a smith won't be won't be the additions we, we get yeah like if the timing was the positive thing maybe for the main card anyway Stephen a smith was definitely the negative i thought like he, i don't think he was he was actually that bad last night he didn't actually do anything that wrong i think they had kind of warned him you know to take it very easy, just be in a very kind of presenting role to let other people really do the talking and stuff. But my fear is how long that'll actually last. Like, if people don't know Stephen A. Smith, he's basically a guy who, like, roars his hot takes into the television, and he's just so annoying, so terrible, absolutely no knowledge of MMA or anything. You know, he's this guy who, you know, talking about uh, Nate Diaz not being able to make lightweight and when McGregor was champion and, like, they could never fight for that belt because Nate Diaz couldn't get down to lightweight, even though Nate Diaz <laughs> has fought, like, 15 times a lightweight. Just has absolutely no idea about any sport, really. He's just... He's an idiot, like, he really is, and I... I he probably... Uh, does he know about boxing? Or, or, no, no, or he really doesn't. Works. He's terrible at box, boxing. Is, uh, he, t- he talks about American football and stuff. He's just one of these talking head guys. He's you know, a hot, like, t- hot take guy. Like, they have these... Yeah. What, what's your man's name? Skip Bayless. Guy, Skip Bayless, yeah. that's it. Oh, my God, that guy is ridiculous. Yeah. Are the two... No, it isn't the two of them. It's Shannon Sharp as well. He's another guy. Shannon Sharp, that. yeah. yeah they himself and like, Skip Bayless. He, he's ridiculous as well, but he seems reasonable when he's sitting beside Yeah, he's Skip funny Bayless. as well. At least he's funny. Stephen S. Smith is just very very annoying but like him like the mma fans i was thinking about this this morning mma fans ufc fans whatever you are want to want to say are the backbone of this uh, you know when it goes to espn plus there's people casual fans are not going to be signing up to espn plus to watch the ufc like okay you're going to have the casual fans signing up to watch whatever you know maybe boxing or whatever or you know if there's college football i'm not sure what's on it and you know a few of them might come over to watch uh, the ufc on espn plus but you're going to have on ESPN Plus, you're going to have probably 90% at least of hardcore MMA fans watching, or MMA fans or whatever. And MMA fans absolutely hate people who even have a slither of doubt about facts in MMA. Like, I, they hate it. Like, Josh... Uh, Josh Especially Carl, getting off... Yeah. Getting off to a bad... To, like, first impressions, getting off to a bad... So people are coming in going, oh, this guy, and then you say something like that, and people are like... Oh, it just, yeah. like... It just... It just pisses people off. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember um, Todd Grisham when he couldn't say Sakuraba, and they're like, "Nah, <laughs> we're finished. <him. laughs> yeah, Get this like, guy yeah, away. Never want to hear him again." Yeah, when Sa- like when Sakuraba, you it's a name like that you could fuck up if you're on screen and it comes up straight away. Like, like oh, what? Uh, yeah, but most like ninety nine percent, like if that's John Anik, he's saying Sakuraba straight away. Or, you know, he's kind of DMMA and stuff. People like people absolutely the MMA hate. Is very funny. People hate that. Like even you know Philip O'Connor, he's a guy who studies a lot of. MMA. he's probably new into MMA as well over the next few years you know he was on the podcast a couple of times and he made like one mistake and like 10 people <laughs> tweeted me he's like what's this guy doing on the podcast he knows nothing about him it's like god he did like 45 minutes of unbelievable chat before that getting everything <laughs> completely right but there's this one little thing. like that's what MMA fans are like and when you have Stephen A. Smith on there who knows absolutely fucking nothing about MMA like basically nothing I think it's a it's a big mistake now as I said last night they did rile him in a bit and fair enough if he keeps doing that he won't be but the more bad, comfortable but... he gets I think yeah. the more likely he is to think ah oh, yeah I'm going to say a hot take here or say and give my pretend like he has knowledge that he doesn't have or just shite talk basically and people are not going to take kindly to that mm-hmm. and I suppose last thing before we get into the fights you mentioned a second ago Trevor Whitman what did you think of him the addition if, if people did, didn't see it he basically gave his uh, commentary on the cornering advice between between rounds what do you think of it yeah I think it's a good idea um it's good to try, like, and he, he, like he'll probably get better at it as well and more comfortable. Like, obviously, it's the first time he's doing it; he's probably nervous, but he'll he'll get better. And I think it's I think it's a good thing to try. Like, uh, I used to like um, when Eddie Bravo was kind of mm-hmm. in the corner um, sometimes um, as a third man, kind of giving a scorecard or talking talking about something. So, like, it's good to it's good to try these things. Maybe maybe it won't be every show, but. but uh, Maybe there'll be maybe there'll be occasions where there's a big fight and there's there's some corner advice and he'll he'll offer some some good insights. But I don't see it being like you know a, a huge thing or anything. But it's a nice little addition, I think. Yeah, like I think it shouldn't be every round of every fight. Like if he's on a card, maybe do you know six or seven times on the night. I think that's perfect. And I think as well, I think he needs to be a little bit more concise about what he's actually saying. Like. 
Uh, yeah, he, he should be saying like, okay, you know, Alexander Hernandez comes out after the, that that uh, first round. He should be saying, okay, what Hernandez needs to do here is establish his jab. He's getting beaten because Donald Cerrone is throwing more combinations to him. He needs to stop that. He needs to establish his jab. Maybe get a few takedowns or something like that. And you know, he said that's what the corner should be telling him. The corner either did tell him that or didn't tell him that. You know, something like that. Very concise. And I I don't think yeah. he should be like chatting with DC and John Anik either. Maybe 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 once a show, maybe twice a show. To, maybe if they want to ask him a question or something what advice he would give there but I think a yeah. little bit more concise but I, I like the idea I think though like uh, yeah you kind of like waffle on a bit when you're nervous sometimes some people do and maybe you know it's a it's a new experience for him he's, I don't think he's to my knowledge he's never done anything like that I don't think he has so we'll, we'll see how he how he gets on like I wouldn't, wouldn't write him off now like as mm-hmm. you know as as time goes on we'll, we'll know more but I think there will be occasions where there's like sometimes like you know you don't care what people are saying between rounds because it doesn't really matter but yeah. sometimes there is where you're interested, you're very interested to see what happens or if somebody's got like an injury or just like you know if it's an epic fight like what is the advice or um, you know is he spotting things as, as a high level coach is he spotting things that you're not spotting as you said he kind of like kind of say what he should do and Maybe in a few seconds he could say what he what he thinks the fighter should do before the corner as as the, the bell ends. While they're walking back to the corner, if he just gets a line in about like yeah. kind of what he thinks, I think that that'd be interesting as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it's it's not a big deal or anything, but I think I think it's an it could be a nice little addition if he if he becomes more comfortable, it'll be better as well. So yeah, uh, we're trying, and it's good to see that they're trying new stuff. So it, it was a, the broadcast was a lot like the Fox broadcast and. The Fox broadcast like isn't bad or anything, but it's good to change it a little bit and kind of spruce it up. Mm-hmm, 100%. And in that uh, role as well, I think Trevor Whitman's a perfect guy. I think he's the best coach in the world, the best corner man, especially in the world. I think he's great. So I think uh, he's a good man to have in there. And as well, just one last thing on that. It wasn't a great last night. And this morning, you waking up to have it on BT Sports where you could actually just look it up and you don't have. A lot of people were giving out about ESPN Plus breaking down and stuff last night. It was just great that we don't have to deal with this 11 sports bullshit. So that's that's a, that's a great thing for us anyway. Uh, anyway, let's get, let's get into the fights here. Uh, okay. Before I, I go around here and try to explain myself, what did you think of the stoppage, TJ Lisha versus Hillary Cejudo? It, it was early, Definitely. but but yeah, it was like it was it was actually kind of similar to the. It reminded me of TJ Dillashaw and John Dodson and another forty one twenty five or sorry that he fought. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like he definitely was rocked and hurt, and he was getting punched, but he's a champ. Like at a, like it's a big fight. I know that in the in the rules of like refereeing or whatever, doesn't that's got nothing to do with it? And fair enough, like the referee probably argued that, like he said, he, he might say, "Oh, I saw his eyes roll back" or something like that. But I, I like to see guys given a little bit more time, yeah. especially in in such a such a big fight. I I don't think the 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 gravity of the fight makes any difference. I think if it's the first fight in the prelims or the main event, I think if it's a stoppage, it's the stoppage. If it's not a stoppage, it's not a stoppage. I I firmly believe that. But like. After this, there's two things <clears throat> I thought of while watching watching this live, watching this afterwards, and then thinking about it afterwards as well. Like, watching it live, I'm like, this fight is not over. Like, this fight is still going. You can just tell when you're watching a fight, this is when it stopped. Yeah. There was a couple of good stoppages. The Cowboy fight, I thought, was a great stoppage, and there was another fight as well. We'll get to it later on, whichever one it was, coming to, like, the, the last few seconds of the round, and the referee didn't yeah, listen the, to the bell. the ground and pound from Gregor yeah, Gillespie. Gregor Gillespie, that was it. Yeah, exactly. A very, very good stoppage. You just knew the right time for it to be stopped. This was not the right time. Yeah, it didn't matter that there was only a few seconds left in the round. Like, it's just, that shouldn't be relevant. But what I'm, like, okay, maybe if TJ Dillashaw had lost four rounds and this is the end of the fourth round and that happens. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's a different situation to fight, 100%. Yeah. The other thing I couldn't stop thinking about as well was was Carl Pindred on uh, Paddy Hoolan's (laughs) podcast the other day. Like, and I've talked about this in the show last week as well, I suppose, a different fight. But him talking about Mark Goddard and how Mark Goddard let him go and the point he made about... Being hurt does not being finished, and it's it's yeah. definitely not being. Finished. He was. I don't care what anyone says. What do you think? Oh, it's a good stoppage. He he knocked him down. He was hurt or whatever. This it was not. You need like go back and watch it again. It, it, he was he was still fighting. I, okay, you know he said afterwards I was in on a single leg. He wasn't in on a single leg. He was reaching for a single leg. <laughs> but he was he working. Was moving. hundred percent. Yeah. This is not. No, there's no doubt about this. He was still in there. And he's you know, in, he's defending like intelligent, defending himself while like a, trying to weather a storm. Yeah. 
100%. He said it afterwards. Like, there's a grown man pushing me. What am I supposed to do? Not scramble. Like, that's exactly <laughs> <Grown man. laughs> it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know the, the referee as well. Just look at her. Like, go back and watch the stoppage, right? And watch uh, exactly, you know, TJ Disha. Watch Henry Suda. But then go back, rewind back, and watch the referee. Just look at the referee. Literally falling over his own legs, jumping on top of him. Had an absolutely yeah, nearly terrible, yeah. exactly, terrible position the whole way through. Panicked, jumped in and stopped it. Like, a lot of people saying uh, as well... I saw, and I totally and utterly disagree with this. Saying another five seconds, he just would have taken more damage, and it would have been ended. I I don't maybe. believe that. I don't. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if he landed two huge, oh, big shots down, you give him the chance because we don't know, and anything can happen in it's MMA. Exactly. Like if the, <laughs> any, you could say that for any fight. Like unless the guy is is sparked out, it's. I, I I couldn't disagree with that more. Like, he was still fighting. He was still going. You have to... If, as long as you're... And that's the rule. It's not, you know, whatever opinion we have. If you're intelligently defending yourself, you can fight on. And he was clearly intelligently defending himself. Moving, getting to his knees and reaching for a leg is a clear intelligent defense. It's it's offense even. He's moving out of just blocking. He's, he's literally going to try to get up. He's trying to take Henry Cejudo down. He's trying to get him off of him. He's moving. There's no, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I really don't, like, a lot of people last night live watching this were, were saying it was a fine stoppage and stuff. When I saw, when I woke up this morning and saw people, you know, waking up watching the clear light of day, most people were saying they thought it was a bad stoppage, you know, and it's, it is really one of them. I, I, like, I think, I don't know if there's any referee that'll actually come out and say it was a bad stoppage because, you know, referees are a bit like, you know, judges and other people as well. They like to kind of stick together and not criticise each other. But I think if yeah, Matt Gallagher... Like on, on, you know, Sky Sports, they have like Dermot Gallagher just like exactly. finding a way to defend every single terrible referee decision yeah. on Sky Sports News. Yeah, like ask yourself if, in my opinion, Mark Goddard is the best referee in the world. If Mark Goddard was in that position, would he have stopped it? I don't think he would. I, I think he would have let it go. And, I, like, I, I honestly don't think TJ Dillashaw would have been stopped there in the next five or ten seconds. I think he would have he would have kept going. I think he would have got up. Or maybe not got up, but got to his back. And maybe Henry Cejudo would have finished him over, like, the next 90 seconds. I actually think that's probably the most likely outcome. Because Henry, when Henry Cejudo is on top of you and you have been rocked, I think that's a very, very bad situation. An Olympic revel, level wrestler on top of you, but I don't think it was Olympic gold medal level wrestler. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I don't, I don't think it was like an imminent stoppage. I actually think it, you know, TJ. But were these guys like you know MMA wrestling is very different. Like TJ's, like these small guys. He's a good top game though. They're very, are very scrambly, very scrambly. Like especially early when they're fresh. Obviously, he's been rocked, which takes a bit of freshness out of you. But it's not as if like you know it's the fifth round and he's been taken down and worn down. A lot of things could have happened and we didn't get to see what would happen because the ref stepped in too early. Yeah, and I suppose before that we have to give... We definitely have to be, give huge credit to, to Henry Cejudo for, you know, yeah. let, let's ignore the stoppage. Like, last week we talked about it and, uh, you know, I thought he'd be a little bit hesitant, a little bit defensive. But then I went and I did the rewatch after that, if anyone was over on Patreon. It was actually the perfect fight to go back and watch. I watched the, the Wilson Hayes fight because a lot of the talk coming in had been maybe him a bit defensive on the feet, him, you know, getting inside, getting uh, takedowns, using his top game like he did uh, in the in the good parts of the fight he had against Demetrius Johnson. But watching that, uh, I, I watched that Hayes fight to show how good Henry Cejudo can be when he's striking and to show how he can attack. You know, watching that it was like it was just a little bit of a reminder for people listening to it. I didn't think he'd actually do it, but then he came out and he did that. He came straight forward, went after TJ Dillashaw. I think shocked TJ Dillashaw a little bit. He knocked him down at least once, maybe maybe twice. The first one was kind of just a push down. Then he tried to kick him. Then he hit him again. He was a little, little bit off balance. And as TJ got up, he hit him with a big, big left hook inside and definitely rocked TJ Dillashaw, no doubt about it. Uh, and then uh, obviously the stoppage came, but it was it was really a smart. Game plan, wasn't it, from Henry Suda to come out all guns blazing? And, you know, t- we've never seen anyone really doing that to, to this version of TJ Dillashaw before, have we? Yeah, well, like you mentioned the kind of push down, knock down there. Um, when, when it happened, I was like, oh, is he is he rocked? And then before you can kind of figure out whether he's rocked or not, he hits he hits him. I think it was the right hand as, he, as TJ's getting up and, he, mm-hmm. and then he is rocked and he kind of lands on his ass. And Suda uh, uh, was very quick to to spin around to the back and kept throwing strikes as, as he was working. He, he, he like he was flowing nicely. Like it started a fight. Sometimes people are kind of a little bit they're not in the flow of it yet. But he was he looked very smooth. Like yeah. it's not his fault that the ref stopped it early. Like you know it, it was a really really top class performance from from Cejudo and maybe that people won't remember it as that because of the stoppage. But he deserves as you said a lot of credit. Like okay I picked him for the fight. I had like a 
sneaky feeling he was going to win, but it was like, you know, it wasn't a confident pick at all. It was like, could have went either way. Like, uh, but I, I, I think. I think he's just improving so much fight to fight. Like he looks more like you were talking about him being nervous in fights at mm. the start of the fight. So, you know, in this fight he was just flowing straight away. Yeah. He's just like maybe that getting the belt and just giving him the the confidence, even more confidence. Or maybe it's just what I was talking about last week in the podcast, how much he improves in between in between fights recently is just huge. And obviously TJ is still developing, but he's He's not improving anywhere near the same rate as Henry Cejudo. Like I didn't even think of that until you you pointed it out there how he looked you know very flowy to to, you, to steal a term from Conor McGregor and Arthur Mabo at the start of the fight. Like I just thought of it as you were saying there that I beautiful said it beautiful Henry, <laughs> beautiful Henry, exactly. Like he he did he did there was no sign of nerves and what I think the biggest change in Henry Cejudo's um, game has been is his confidence in his game planning. Like the Demetrius Johnson fight, we, we spoke about it last week, and you can argue about the, the score or whatever, but he had real, real confidence in getting inside and getting the takedowns and winning rounds yeah. that way and trying to win that fight that way. He had real confidence last night in getting inside and hitting TJ Dillisha hard and early. Like, and I, I talk about it so, so much, about having confidence in your game plan, having the ability to actually go out and produce your game plan. That's the hardest thing. Like, everyone used to talk about Mike Pyle being this great fighter in the gym. He used to give fucking George St. Pierre hell in the gym and Matt Brown and all. And then he goes out and then, uh, you know, he, he fights and, he, you know, okay, he lose probably won't won every three but that you know never really got to that top level never got to a top 15 maybe top 10 level in the world we see it all the time like that is the hardest thing to do in mma to game plan and to produce the game plan and you can say what you want about the decision as i've said you can say what you want about the stoppage as i've said as well but uh, you cannot doubt what henry cejudo has produced he has produced a perfect game plan or a, a production of the perfect game plan anyway for for two fights in a row you know really really yeah. good and you know people might think i hate henry suda because i thought it was a dodgy decision because i thought it was a bad stoppage but it doesn't i have to call it the way i see it like i can't just yeah you know, it's not his fault it, the no, judges saw it for him it's not his fault the ref stopped it early he goes out there and puts on brilliant performances against one of if not the best fighter pound for pound Demetrius johnson um and like you know either we talked about this before like okay you disagree decision but you're not saying robbery like you, you know well I like was used, anyway. well you know but like it's not like you know in previous years where you're you're looking at a fight and you're like there's just no way you can score that for, for him like there is ways you can score that for him it's not his fault like um but this isn't his fault either and, and like you know maybe i don't think it's i don't think it's like a whiteman thing where people are like oh it's just a fluke you know anderson was clowning and, and then yeah. it just got so unlo- it's, i don't think it's that i think I think people will look at it like at least hardcore MMA fans, the people who, who know the sport, will, will look at him and be like, "Wow, this guy is is so good, and he's improving so rapidly." Like you talking about his game plan and his confidence, but his striking as well, and 100%. and just not like not overdoing his wrestling, just using it when it when it's there. Like you're not not trying to force things. Like he just looks, he just looks better and better and better each fight. Like he had, obviously had a big setback. After the the loss to Demetrius Johnson the, the first time, and you're kind of like thinking, oh, where does he go from here? But he goes back to the gym and changes his, changes everything nearly, like you know, and mm-hmm. comes back and he's, he's everything he's changed seems to be working. So, absolutely fair play to him. He's 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 young enough in the sport as well, like you know, he 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 could end up being the pound for pound best. Like he's he's probably up there already now. Like, you know, he's just after beating the 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 former champ. Yeah, understand like. And as well, the, the stoppage actually, I think, takes away more from Henry Cejudo. You know, it takes away that clean, undoubted, you know, like we always talk about the McGregor-Aldo. There was no doubt about that. Like, that was, that was a clean, you know, Joe Rogan said it afterwards, clean, no doubt about it. That, that wasn't there for either of Henry Cejudo's two things. And I, I agree with you. I think he should be probably up there in that pound-for-pound list now. He, you know, even to run Demetrius Johnson close should put you up there because he's so unbelievably good. You know, to, to come out and do what he did to TG Lashaw and, you know... As I said, when I say he was kind of robbed of that, like if he had gone out, as I said there, and got on top for ninety seconds and finished him, that imagine how unbelievable that would have been. No doubt, you know, it took ten or eleven big shots, put TJ Lillishaw down, and the referee came in and stopped it. We'd be talking this morning as we have there for the last five minutes about his great game plan, his unbelievable uh, ability to go out and do it, and his ability to improve. 
and there'd be no we wouldn't have spent you know, three or four minutes talking about the the, the stoppage itself oh. yeah I just had to correct myself I said former champ there and TJ he obviously wasn't for the yeah, 35 belt champ, it, was, yeah. it was for the 25 belt so like you know it's a phenomenal achievement by Henry Cejudo like to, to have a couple of years ago been kind of like you know taken out in the first round kind of easily enough by Demetrius Johnson and you're just like oh nobody's going to stop Demetrius Johnson to turn that around okay it's a speedy decision but then this this is just like there's a lot more to come. I don't think this is this is it for Cejudo. He's gonna he's, he's gonna keep improving and his confidence is gonna be sky high now. I don't think he's gonna be thinking. I don't think he's gonna be sitting at home now with, with his with his belt thinking, oh, wish the ref hadn't stopped there. He's this is fantastic. Another win for me. Like you know, he's not worried about that. So. Let let people say what they want to say. Like, obviously, people who people who had money on TJ Dillashaw or picked TJ Dillashaw to win, or TJ TJ Dillashaw fans are going to be are going to be kind of t- trying to take credit away, or some of them will be trying to take credit away from Henry Hudo. But if you're going to blame anybody, blame the ref. And Hudo uh, is just he's just gone out there and done everything perfect in that fight, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing he could have done better. Two, two quick things there before we, without sounding like, sounding like Andrew McGahan, before we move on. Um, do you think the, <laughs> do you think the weight cut diminished TJ Dillashaw's chin? Like, personally, I don't. I don't know. I, I think he, like, he'd been knocked down like that before. We, you know, you mentioned the John Dodson thing. Dodson was um, a 25 or fighting a 35 and he didn't have the extra weight yeah, cut for that Cody, fight. Cody so. Garbrandt hurt him badly as well in the first round of that first fight. Uh, or was, you yeah. know, it was the first fight, wasn't it? I, I you know, yeah, I think Cody's kind of known hit. as a power puncher, I mm-hmm. suppose, but it's like, you know, even the guys who aren't power punchers, if you're moving into a shot, you get, or you, you get hit with a shot in the right place or... It's really hard to know if the like the weight cut definitely isn't helping your chin. Like, there's yeah. no doubt about that. But maybe it's really, maybe it takes away from a little bit. Like, it, I don't know much about it. But people talk about water on the brain and stuff like that. And obviously, the water in your body is really depleted when you when you cut weight. But um, it's really hard to know. But I, like, I wouldn't be like, oh well, uh, he, he it, 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 they were big shots he got hit with, and he got hit with a lot of shots in quick succession. So I think. It's not like, oh, his chain's completely gone because of the weight cut. I don't think it's that situation, but it's hard to know if it did have a little impact on it or, or not. Yeah. I'd say it probably did have a little bit of an impact on it. Mm-hmm. People seem to be pretty convinced. I don't know. A lot of people seem to be convinced that the the weight cut and water on the brain is is a thing for your chin. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, tough to know. And then I suppose what what's next? Do you do do you do the rematch at, at 135? I think that's probably what's going to happen. Did um, Joseph Benavides has a win over Henry Zahuda and he won last night as well, putting him in prime position to probably be the next challenger at flyweight. Does the flyweight division even survive then? You know, you have um, Marlon Moraes taking on half uh, a Lassen Southern in two weeks time or something like that, or three weeks time maybe, which will probably put the winner of that in prime position to take on TJ Dillashaw for the 135 bomb belt. So, it's, what do you think they should do? Like, it, it makes sense to kind of make that fight again. You kind of have to make that fight again at 135 pounds, aren't you? Yeah, I think, I think especially if the UFC are planning on kind of getting rid of the division or slowly phasing the, the 25 division out, it, it makes sense. But I think it makes sense anyway. There is, like, a, a lot of people saying, oh, it was an early stoppage and, oh, he was grand. And other people saying, or, he, or TJ would have been grand. Or other people saying, nah, it was finished. So, there, there is a still intrigue there. And the media rematch... Would people would still if you make it quick enough, people would still be talking about that. If you leave it for years and years, maybe not. But I think, I think, yeah, I think it's a fight to make. I think you know we we got to see a lot. We we got to see great performance from from Cejudo, but we didn't get to see a lot from Dillashaw. And we know Dillashaw is a really good fighter and can cause problems for potentially cause problems for Henry Cejudo. So yeah, I think I think it's a fight to make. And obviously the you know the two weight champion potential thing as well you can sell on pay-per-view mm-hmm. yeah 100% I, 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 like I'm I'm kind of torn <clears throat> because I want to keep the 125 pound division <coughs> and if you make that rematch the 125 pound division is probably gone but you probably have to make that rematch just because a, a guy beat a champion like it's you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a bit like McGregor Diaz, and I suppose McGregor wanted to fight at, at uh, 170 pounds again, uh, so they made it there, but I don't know, I, t- I think you kind of just have to make that, un- kind of fortunately, but unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's one of those fights, I want to see it again at 135 pounds, I think uh, Henry Cejudo deserves that chance to win the belt at 135 pounds after just beating the champion, but I also want to, to save the fly, it's hashtag fly, never die, what, what about my, my stat as well, did you see that? 
TJ Dillashaw won his first four fights four, in a row. Four, four, four. Then yeah. last one. Then he won four after that. Then last one. Then won four after that. Then last one. Then won four after that. And then lost to Henry Cejudo. It's it's amazing the way it goes. So he lost his fifth, tenth, fifteenth, and now twentieth fight in a row. Or or you know, twentieth fight. That's that's career. mad, isn't it? That is. I think yeah. that's insane. But and I got like four thousand likes on on Twitter as well, which is mad. My phone is <laughs> going insane all night. I was like, leave me alone. Fucking all right, phone. who who caused that? Who retweeted no, it and no caused one, all the retweets? Yeah, no one big. No, Ar- no. Ariel or nobody didn't retweet. It's actually funny. Uh, Gary Lineker liked one of my tweets the other day. Just liked it, and it got like one point one million impressions. Like fuck me, Jesus Christ! Like it's Gary Lineker is a ex footballer for all yeah American yeah. match of the day host. Mm-hmm. Loves Walkers potatoes. So fair play. To him. Um, <laughs> salt and Lineker. Uh, salt, salt and Lineker. Yeah, like was that an actual thing or did you just make that up? Yeah, no, it was years ago oh, in, in an ad. It was like salt and vinegar. I like that. I like that. Uh, okay, the comment event: Alan Crowder versus Greg Hardy. This is a fight. Obviously, you know we we came into it with all the, the the things about Greg Hardy and with the domestic violence and all of that. And you know we've spoken about that three or four times in the podcast before. But the fight itself. Yeah, it and was... somebody gave out to me about it, even though I said I wasn't talking about any case in Greg Hardy in general. Mm-hmm. Even though I said that about eight times, somebody still probably sent an angry tweet and then didn't wait for like. 30 seconds later where and I said I'm actually not I'm talking about just in general he was actually given out to us <laughs> as well for saying allegedly like why we say allegedly because did this guy okay you can say he was because someone I, didn't, I, I explained I explained yeah. it on the podcast that I didn't really know about the case I hadn't read about it it wasn't on it, NFL players news isn't on like TV or radio over here you have mm-hmm. to just kind of seek it out to find it I didn't do that I explained all this in the podcast but I don't know well, like when, when someone when it goes to court and someone loses or gets convicted or whatever and then they have an appeal and then okay if they win the appeal or if someone i think the 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 victim in this uh didn't show up to the to the appeal or something like that so it was thrown out like that's for us we have to say allegedly because of that because it it didn't it wasn't finalized you know he wasn't he wasn't put to jail or he wasn't you know made pay a fine or whatever you know whatever it would be or our community service or whatever it, it didn't get to that end. So we, you know, you have to be fair as well. Like, and you, okay, you can say what you want, but for us, that I think that's a line we draw with everyone, not just with Greg Hardy, as you said, with any case. So I think, you know, that's that. If you want to criticize us for that, fair enough, you know, and you definitely have a right to do that. But the, the fight itself, it was, you know, I saw a few people saying it was, it was, there was a, never been a bigger disparity in the terms of quality between fights between this and, and the main one. There was definitely a big disparity between fights, but I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was it that, that bad. That I've bad. Seen some bad yeah. heavyweight fights over the years. Definitely. I, I thought I, I didn't think uh, Greg Hardy looked good. His takedown defense was obviously very bad on the ground. He looked like a fish up a tree to to steal a, <laughs> fish to, up a tree. to steal a phrase from uh, Paul Merson. Uh, but he striked. <laughs> I never heard that before. Yeah, it was about um, it was about um, that's fucking hilarious. It, it was about Aquilani. Do you remember him? Liverpool signed him, and he goes, yeah. he he was he was like he looked like the best player in the world when he was playing in Italy. But he comes to the the Premier League and he looks like a fish up a tree. <laughs> I always yeah. He just couldn't him. handle being pressed. It was just no. terrible. Yeah, I liked him though. He was I liked I always liked Aquilani. He was a good. There player was a couple of games where he didn't get pressed, and he was like, oh, he's playing, spraying all these passes, looking great. And the next game, people just press him, and he just doesn't know what to do. Like. Yeah, definitely. But and you could say the same about Greg you know when when Crowder pressed him even towards the end of the fight when he when he pressed him with striking he he didn't look good he looked like he was out of his depth you know and when when Crowder pushed him against the fence and when he he took him down he looked like he couldn't do anything like it it felt like the one thing he could do was wall walk uh, not wall walk but is that, that's not the right phase no it isn't wall walk is the thing he couldn't do wall walk is when you get your back against the fence and walk up with your back towards it he was climbing up the fence with his legs you know I don't know what the name of that was it feels like that should be wall walk as well but it's not but he, he did that a couple of times and he, he managed to get out like that and use his power and use his strength but I like I think if Greg Hardy has like another 18 months in MMA he'll beat all of these guys pretty easily you know the, the kind of the lower level heavyweights but at the moment you know, his athleticism won't see him through enough against guys like Crowder who have been doing a little bit longer, who are a little bit smarter, who can take a shot, who whose technique isn't isn't bad at all. Been in bad positions before, like, exactly, hundred yeah. percent. 
he's striking. Look, he's striking for for uh, for Greg Hardy. I th- I thought it looked okay. His jab looked looked good. He was strong combinations in behind it, uh, but he's definitely very very raw. Jab and looked good. I don't know about that. I, I it looked okay. It, it looked okay. Like for for a guy who's been fighting for like what um, a year or something like that, but like. <laughs> He was a guy who just looked like he he had never been in a fight before. You know, he looked like it had always been easy. He, he said afterwards, like he'd never been choked like that before. And he's like, choked like what? You know, has he never trained jujitsu? What's the crack with him? Like, I don't know. I I, thought, I found is he that just beating odd. up guys off the street. Is it like you know what was that thing called? Evolution of punk, where just like guy off the street. And <laughs> yeah, that was gym fight. I, and he even got half beat up by that guy. Poor, poor yeah. CM Punk. But yeah, fair play to Crowder as well, though. You know, in the end, he was just pushing forward, and he just had no respect for Hardy. I thought, I think Hardy got a little bit tired as well. You know, there's a big difference in in uh, cardio to to run for eight seconds and then take a break for half an hour, run for eight seconds again, and you know, fighting fifteen minutes in a row in uh, in in MMA or in the UFC or whatever. But what about the uh, what about the DQ? This was there wasn't much argue over this. Really, it was a clear DQ, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a legal strike, and uh, yeah, there's, there's no arguing over it. Yeah. But like we talked about before, like is the, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is uh, yeah, the juice you worth know, the squeeze? Is, yeah. Is, is 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 this worth it? Like, uh, maybe this ESPN because ESPN is is a new network. Maybe a few people, few extra people tuned in. But are people really like in their in their thousands tuning in to see Greg Hardy? Maybe maybe we're just outside the bubble of of how famous he is in America. But I just I didn't see massive buzz around the fight or anything. Like, I just I just don't know. If, uh, does anybody really care about Greg Hardy's MMA career? Yeah, I I don't know. It's tough. Like I asked last night, I put out a question like, "How famous was Greg Hardy? Could you give me an example of him as a soccer player?" And you know, people didn't really. They were like, "Oh, he'd be an international player. He'd be like, you know, one of the top, you know, ten best players in the position, or like a Thiago Alcantara or something." It's like, okay, you know, he's not he's not messier. He's like Bellerin or something like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see Bellerin snapping his knee yesterday? Actually, that was fucking. Oh weird. no, did he? Oh yeah, he likes. I, I don't know what it oh, was. Shit. It was like I don't know, it was an ACL or something like that. But you could see uh, there's like a video of his knee actually snapping. It was fucking raw, like. But yeah, but look for Greg Hardy. Raw. It was raw. Uh, for Greg Hardy, I suppose you look. He, he'll be back, and I, I kind of agree with you. Like as well, like it was, it was stupid to put him in this position with, with Rich Lostovich on the card, and for their first show for John Anik. Do you think that to, was just like a complete like just they didn't even think about no, it. Or I, I, know, think they, or I, I think they knew well. I think they knew well. They just wanted him on this card. Like for John Anik to have to open up the very first show on ESPN Plus with talking about domestic violence and fair play to him for doing that. Oh no, that, I know about know. Greg Hardy but I mean did they not did they did they just not think when they were putting uh putting her on the card did they, did, was it just like, oh, we're going to put this on this, and they just didn't give it a second thought? Like, Maybe. like it doesn't make any sense to do it. Like, it doesn't make any positive sense to do it. So it must have just been kind of bad, dumb luck, and they didn't rectify it yeah. by moving, yeah. moving. I think their biggest error here was actually like, putting Greg Hardy on right now. Like, imagine if if they had Greg Hardy on in eighteen months or something when he 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 could become a really good fighter. Like he has the athleticism like nobody else in MMA apart from maybe Brock Lesnar, but. Imagine him in eighteen months, like uh, in a common event of of an ESPN car. Yeah. I, I, like I think you had to be slow with him. Uh, maybe I maybe I missed it, but did they do any kind of like hype? Did they do like any evolution of Greg? Or, you I know, don't think so, no, <laughs> no, like they didn't really like put much effort behind it. Like and maybe because they were getting blowback, they were like, oh, I don't know. It's a strange move. I said saying on the podcast last week. I don't know. It's a strange move to even have Greg Greg Hardy in in the UFC and. Especially when he's like not very good at fighting as well. Yeah, who do you think would have won that fight if he hadn't illegally need him? <sighs> I think Greg Hardy still probably would have lost. Yeah, I do as well. He would have got tired. Uh, yeah. Crowder, uh, he Crowder did well basic. in the first round, like didn't he? Like I thought it was a close first round. I saw most people were giving it to Crowder. I don't know. It was he definitely got him down and stuff, but he didn't really land much. Didn't and, do much, yeah. but yeah, there wasn't much going either way though. Mm-hmm. And the second round, you know, it was what were we two two twenty eight into it, but Crowder was definitely winning the second round in. And as you said, and as I said, you know, Hardy looked to be getting a little bit tired. So I, I think Crowder probably would have won it, but when you have the power Greg Hardy has, you can you can never tell, I suppose. But yeah, like if if he just lifted his knee off the ground before he got kneed, like you know, anything can over, happen, yeah. especially with heavyweights. Like, but um, yeah, like it wasn't like oh, he was on his way to an impressive victory and he mm-hmm. got legally he, he landed a legal strike and got DQ'd. Like, oh, he's just inexperienced. He, he, like he'll iron that out and that won't happen again. It's like just load of things to iron out. And I don't know if he like don't know much about Greg Hardy, but it, 
he has a long, long way to go. Like, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be. I, 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 maybe, maybe people are like, people are very interested in Greg Hardy, but I just, I just didn't see any. Oh, maybe I just missed it. I didn't see people talking about it all that much. I just don't, I just don't think it's worth it for the mm-hmm. UFC. What about Gregor Gillespie, though? How good was he? Greg, this, this guy is... I always have to remind myself he's not Australian because he sounds very Australian in his name. But Gregor, Gregor is very, like, New Zealand or yeah. Australia in my head. So. Yeah, he's he's some wrestler, though, isn't he? Like, to do that to what he did to Yancey Medeiros. Yancey Medeiros is a tough guy. He, no, he's a bit like... Um, He's a bit like uh, oh god, what's his name at middleweight that uh, Israel Adesanya fought? Uh, Tavares, Brad oh, Tavares. Tavares. You know, he's like one of those guys. He's you know he's never going to win a championship, but he's always going to be around top fifteen, and he's going to be a tough guy to fight and a tough out. He made him look very ordinary, didn't he? With some performance from Gillespie. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of more tough than anything. It's kind of his best attribute, which is never really a, a good sign if you're going to be a high level fighter. But he did just kind of go through him pretty easily and. Gregor Gillespie has kind of been quietly. He kind of he kind of mentioned it himself. He's not gonna he's not gonna pretend to be somebody he's not and start trash talking and calling people out. But he's he's steadily coming along really nicely and impressing. Nobody's really I, I doubt anybody anyway has really heard of him outside of hardcore MMA fans. But you keep building that record with with the undefeated undefeated record, people will start taking notice. And you can run a highlight reel now, and he's got a lot of kind of different finishes and. Good performances, so yeah, he, he's definitely a, a big prospect. Yeah, uh, what do you think about him versus Kevin Lee? I like that fight a lot. Is it a bit quick? I don't know. For... I think I think it's a good fight. I think I think it's a good test. Like Kevin Lee is a very good wrestler. He's a good, very good striker as well. Yeah. But I think if he shows, he goes in there and he shows he can beat Kevin Lee. I think he's he's ready for a title shot, probably or close enough to it anyway. And maybe I I'm wrong in saying that because I like him to beat him. And I don't think he's in that direction, but he beat him maybe in a little bit of a different way, and he just lost to Habib as well. So. I don't know. I think that fight. I think that's. I think he's Gregor Gillespie's a guy you kind of do push like that. He's a weirdo as well, though. He's like, he's a he's a very odd guy. Like he's. I'm on fishing afterwards, and thank. He reminds me of one of my friends. He's always like. He's trying to rob Neil series. He is robbing yeah, his gimmick. Yeah, one of my friends. He's always like in the middle of a conversation. He'd start talking about people like oh you know uh, Jack O'Connor was talking about that as well and uh, you know Mossy o- O'Connell was uh, I was like who the fuck are these people they're just bringing like Gregor Gillespie was doing that as well <laughs> he's just like saying random yeah, people as if people know who they are no, like, yeah. nobody who knows who they are was like very he's funny. talking to his mates you know all his friends and yeah shit, like. exactly it was hilarious but uh, yeah very very good just like oh, me and Sean were chatting and just like you know who yeah. the fuck is Sean <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly uh, Joseph Benavidez versus Dorsten Ortiz uh, pretty good fight a lot of good a lot of good scrambles on the ground nothing to blow us away you know, it just shows how good the flyweight fight, flyweight division is. It was a very is, flyweight fight, wasn't it? Was. it? <laughs> I loved it. Like it was, it was a great fight. It was, it was really fun. But you know, we talked about Joseph Benavides earlier, putting himself in in prime position as he has maybe fucking eight times over the last few <laughs> years to, to, for another shot at that belt. And he probably should have got it earlier. I think that third fight against Demetrius Johnson should have been made, even though he lost twice. But you know, if Henry Cejudo's fighting at 125 pounds again, it has to be Joseph Benavides, really. Um, other than that, Paige Van Zandt, this, this fight, I, I was thinking about it, you know, I, I kind of take down notes as, as the fights go along, and I was just writing, this has gone exactly as I thought it would for Rachel Asovich, I thought she'd get in close to Paige, pull her down and hurt her, but Paige looked, you know, Paige looked good on the ground, she looked dangerous, she looked like he was, she was going for submissions all the time, and she ended up kind of half snack, snapping the ligaments in her arm uh, to end it, and, and uh, Rachel Asovich got a tap as well, but... I think it was a good performance from, from Rachel Osovich, not a blow-away performance from either of them, but it was a, a good submission as well from Paige Van Zandt, wasn't it? Both of them come out with kind of looking good for coming out of this fight, don't they? Yeah, it was it was a it was a decent it was a decent fight as well. Uh obviously the the, the hype behind Paige Van Zandt just kinda died down. The whole Sage and Paige kind of push pushes didn't really work out like you know, you you, you just need to build yourself up fight-wise, you know, going into five-round main events against Rosanami Yunus was, was way too early for Paige Van Zandt. She was, what was she, three and one or something when she when she came to the UFC? Yeah. She she should have been given a slower a slower run, but she, she she's proven she's proven in all her fights, even when she was inexperienced, more inexperienced, that she is tough. Like, you know, she, she, she's been she's been, like, you know, in bad positions and she's battled and, and maybe... You know, she's obviously had some impressive victories. Like that's an impressive armbar, and she's had that. What I can't remember what the kick is is kind of. I can't remember what kick it was, but yeah, she landed some like kind of kick. Paulo de Canio kick. Remember that? Like the, the, <laughs> yeah. The, the so so kick, like, yeah. you know, she 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 kind of does have a knack of kind of 
you know, weathering weathering a bit of a storm and pulling out a victory sometimes. But she just she just like I don't think either of them are top level, and it, both of them are like definitely like you know stick around to UFC and, and all that. But I think. I don't like even with time. I don't think Paige Van Zandt is going to be is going to be top level ever. The best thing about Paige is her toughness. She's as tough as fuck. Like I remember even that that Rosanna Muniz fight. She stayed in that fight for a yeah, long blood time. Blood as well. Like. Yeah, I was getting the shit beat out of her. So yeah, she's she's definitely tough. Like and you know, fair play to her and uh, good win here and good to see you know Rachel Asovich obviously coming from from that domestic violence and coming in here and putting on a good performance as well. You know, fair play to her. That must be uh, that mustn't be overlooked as well. So so definitely fair play. Um, Glover Teixeira. You know, doing what Glover Teixeira does, really, getting takedowns and finishing a guy. He's, I think Glover Teixeira's wrestling game, and I've probably said it 20 times in this podcast before. Grappling in general, yeah, it's, me and you talk about this all the time. It's the most what, underrated what, thing in MMA, like. Why, why, was, why was, why were they both even, or 1.83? Why, what, like, it was a pick and fight, and the bookies, I was just like, it's crazy. Mm. Robert, Robertson almost <laughs> like, finished him, though, with the McGregor elbows, didn't he? He, was, he had him limp a little bit, but... Uh, look, because Chixera is tough though. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's proven for years and years, and he's like he can box, he can he can wrestle real well, he can grapple real well, as we, as we always talk about. Like, I don't know why. Like, he's kind of always been underrated. Mm-hmm. He definitely has. Maybe yeah. because he, most of his career he didn't fight in the UFC, but it was a lot of like I think visa issues and stuff like that that kept him kept him out for a while, but a long time, not a while. But mm-hmm. he like he's you know the guys he lost to. Pretty much, nearly always, bar a couple of fights, are top level guys. Yeah, definitely. And he's a guy who's getting older as well. You kind of expect him to fall away, but that definitely didn't happen last night. Anyway, so fair, fair yeah. play to him. Um, Don Cerrone against Alex Alexander Hernandez. This this fight did not go the way I expected. It was just I thought it was a terrible performance from Alexander Hernandez, but a brilliant performance from Don Cerrone. You know, Hernandez looked very edgy coming out here, just throwing big shots, not even setting them up, and Cerrone was just eating him up, just throwing combinations. This was really a fight where you want to talk about what what the difference is between combinations and single shots. This is the fight you need to watch because Cerrone was just throwing three, four, five, six shots in a row. Alexander Hernandez was stepping back in the pocket, nearly sitting down on his arse trying to throw big shots from the outside. You know, telegraph, you could see him coming from fucking, uh, you know, five miles away and Cerrone was dodging him and coming back. It was really, it was really easy for Cerrone, wasn't it? He was just so much better. Yeah. Yeah, like Cerrone getting off to a good start is vital. We talked yeah. about it before. Like he, a lot of his problems, well, it's hard to say, but like it seems like a lot of his problems when in his losses seem to be mental and being a slow starter and maybe obviously he's got a weakness to the body that people seem to have forgotten about again. <laughs> like, are you kinda, Hernandez tried hitting him a few times with, with kicks to the body, but there just wasn't enough, was there? Yeah, it just yeah, Hernandez just he just looked stiff. He looked not stiff, but he didn't look he didn't look that comfortable. Um, Cerrone just looked like the more experienced fighter, which he which he is, and it looked like the the good Cerrone, <laughs> which which you never we always talk about. You never he's so inconsistent. You never know which Cerrone you're gonna get. Like, and obviously, if people if people start boxing him up early, it, it usually goes pear shaped. Or people start working his body well early, it usually goes pear shaped. But this performance was very good, and you know he's had some even even in the past he's had some streaks where he's lost like three or four in a row, and then he's gone on to win three or four in a row. I think I mentioned this last week or the week before. Yeah. So he's he's streaky and he's he's inconsistent. He's streaky and he's, like he's kind of like a slow starter. So you never really know what you're going to get with Cerrone, <laughs> basically. And what about? I think you could maybe say the same for Joanne Calderwood. She, uh, you know, she's had some very disappointing fights in the past, but comes out here and just takes this fight away from Marianne Lipsky, didn't she? Was, you know, NCAA Georgia. I was kind of calling her last night. <laughs> you know, she good, great wrestling, took her down, was dominant at the top. She had a great high top game. You know, she uh, once or twice, okay, Lipsky managed to to get out because of it. But I think you know it kind of takes away Lipsky's ability or anyone's ability to submit her when she's kind of right up and right in her face you know kind of arse up in the air shoulder down right on top of her neck very good performance wasn't it from Joanne Calderwood looks like she's improved an awful lot in her in her grappling and in her wrestling something which she badly needed because I think the striking is there most people realize that but great performance wasn't it yeah, it was like you know. I remember years ago when she was in a victim stuff. There was a lot of people thinking she'd be the the first European champion, me and, included. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, or the first UK champion and all this stuff. And then she just kind of, I think, like as you kind of mentioned, Conor Thompson, a lot of mental things going on there. Yeah. Um, 
Well, but like if she if she can get her mind in a good space and she her her grappling seems to have improved a lot. Or maybe maybe it's just she always had that, but she just is nervous. Or it's hard to know. But like if she, if she can keep performing, like like Lipsky is is like people maybe haven't seen her before if they just watch the UFC. But she's she's a good fighter, fought some some good people. Uh, I was thinking she was going to win this fight, Lipsky. Me but, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a really good win for uh, Joanna Calderwood, JoJo. But <sighs> it's another one where kind of a page runs out where like there was kind of potential to be. A kind of upper echelon fighter in the past, but never really reached the potential. And I, I just don't, I don't see her ever, ever doing it either. I would have said that after the last couple of fights, but after this one, I thought, I thought there could be. She looks like she's improving. She's training Syndic in MMA with John Wood. I think he's a very, very good trainer as well. So maybe. But if you put her in there in, into a title fight, like or yeah, yeah. in no more contender fight, how does it go? Like maybe she'll, maybe she'll keep improving. Like you know, I think she's she not be, older or anything. Like Jessica is the one getting a title shot here. I think she'd yeah, be just because like, there's nobody else, though, you know. Yeah, that's true. They're closing down the wrong flyweight division. That's what they're doing. That's, that's <laughs> uh, anything else in that card? I didn't see the rest. Of, I, I believe uh, I believe Dennis Bermuda's retired, which is hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah, never going to happen. Anything else there? Yeah, he won me. Game? He won me some money before he left, so uh, really? I had my decision because he was an underdog, and I was like, he like I think he really lost like four or five in a row, but they were all like I think three or four of them were split decisions against good guys, like, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, uh, he's if he did retire, thanks for the <laughs> the bit of cash there. Thanks but... for the cheese, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Catch you later. Um, but I don't, yeah, MMA retirements. So. Definitely. Jeff Neal got a good win as well there, but by decision, I'll have to go back and watch that. He's obviously, a, yeah, a huge it wasn't a great fight either. It? Uh, it, was, it was all right, like, it wasn't, wasn't great. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Bellator have a big card next week, uh, a few good fighters in the on the main on the main card, but the the main event I suppose is the main one. Did the the end of the Bellator heavyweight tournament as Fedor Emelianenko takes on Ryan Bader over is it five rounds or three rounds? I don't know. I presume it's five rounds. Five, yeah. Five. It must be five. It yeah. probably won't go that though. Like looking on the, uh, you know, looking at kind of the bigger picture of this fight, you're probably thinking, you know, Ryan Bader's probably going to box up Fedor. He's going to dodge his big shots. He's maybe going to take him down a couple of times and land a bit of ground. Or get him with a big over Android. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, you know, Fedor has beaten a few good guys, you know, here over the last few fights. Like, could he come in here and land that big shot against? Mm, he like, could, but yeah. like you remember, like the, the Matt Mitrione fight wasn't that long ago. Like, yeah. um. Although that was that was nearly a double, <laughs> double, double knockout, yeah. but uh, Fedor, like he just, uh, you just got to think that Ryan Bader is going to have enough. Like Ryan Bader, maybe, maybe somehow because he's a legend or something, it might play into it in Ryan Bader's head. But if Ryan Bader just goes in there and does what he's been doing his last few fights, he should he should be able to take Fedor out quite easily. He looks to be very chinny, mm-hmm. not very chinny, but pretty chinny. He's not chucked at L chinny or anything, but um, Bader's can be a bit. Maybe not Chini himself, but he's been, you know, he knocked out by Leon Machida, dropped a few times, you know, Tito Ortiz choked him out when he probably... But he kind of just ran into, into a punch, like if you run yeah, into a punch, yeah. like against Machida, like you just run into a strike. True, yeah. He tried to rush him for some reason, just crazy. It, like, thinking about game playing for this though, it's it's a tough enough one, like what do you do? Do you stay at the end of your jab, you know, do you try to land big shots at him or do you just go out immediately to wrestle, and try to take him down? Do, do you wrestle him a bit, like try and ground him pain and... Yeah, I think you probably do, but that's dangerous enough. Like Fedor, well, Fedor will give up kind of bad positions in order to try and yeah. get up a lot of the time as well. He's kind of old school like that. He's a good uppercut as well, like doesn't he, Fedor? Like if Fedor yeah. comes he's in always low, even when he's rocked, even when Fedor's rocked, he's always dangerous. dangerous like yeah. he's always he's not he's not covering up. He's he's throwing shots back, even when he's rocked. Mm-hmm. So he, there's always potential there in, in the heavyweight division. But you gotta think Ryan Bader take this handy enough. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. The other heavyweight fight then on the card is uh, J W Kisser against uh, Jake Hager, who, if people don't know, is, <laughs> is Jack Swagger from WWE. Like this is this is more Brock Lesnar than CM Punk, but maybe maybe not exactly Brock Lesnar. He was a top level uh, amateur wrestler. Not exactly Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he was a he was a top level amateur wrestler, and he's I believe I don't know what he. I think he was a state champion. I don't know if he was uh, an All-American or anything. I, I think he was. I think he was an All-American. I don't think he was a national champion or anything like that. But he was a, a top-level wrestler. So this, you know, you probably Yeah, but Brock Lesnar like, was like, what, 106 and 4. And like most of them losses were like to Cole Conrad, who obviously is the best everything ever. 100%, yeah. That's true. That's true. But I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be good. You know, I don't think this is just a pro wrestler coming in, you know, having a try at MMA. I think he's actually a genuine athlete. And I think he could... 
he could possibly do well. You know, Bellator is a good place for someone yeah, like they that. Get, like they given him another inexperienced, or uh, not another, but like an inexperienced guy, like a similar to him. Like, mm-hmm. like okay, he's on the main card because he's a name, but you know, people are probably going to be giving out being like, oh, this is a disgrace. But like, <laughs> you know, what fight are they going to put here that might draw more or might, you know, Aaron Pico, a guy who is a potential star, is is at the fight after this fight. So people yeah. tune in out of just interest for for uh jack's for jack swagger mm-hmm. um and then the pico fight is next and you can run a quick promo of him landing nice overhand rights and being really explosive and you have the fader fighting Brian Bader fight to come people might stay stay tuned in so yeah i've no problem with this i know i'm sure a lot of people on twitter and stuff will have a problem with this but like uh, look at the rest of the card under under, under him like okay ricky ricky bandeo deas is obviously Really good fighter, but the rest of them, the rest of the fights are just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know any of those other people, but I, I think it's good placement. I, I think it's smart to get it off with Ricky Bendez opening up. You know, we saw what he did to James Gallagher, look really good, came out, look, look explosive. Then you've Aaron Pico after Jack Swagger, as you mentioned there. Like Aaron Pico, he's probably the top prospect in MMA now. You know, Ricky Bendez has to be one a really good prospect as well. You know, James Gallagher is still a really good top prospect. prospect in MMA, yeah. What Adesanya, Adesanya, well, yeah. Aaron Pico has to be up there, though. Well, is Adesanya is fighting fucking Anderson Silva now, so can you call him a prospect anymore? You know, he probably... He was a prospect the throughout the year. The ghost of Anderson Silva. Yeah. I, saw someone, <laughs> I saw someone tweeting last night, like, five years ago, Anderson Silva was talking about uh, fighting his clone, and he's like, yeah, well, what about that now? You're fucking are fighting your clone. You're going to get fucking smashed, probably. So, <laughs> God bless Anderson Silva. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Pico fight. Looking forward to seeing Ricky Bendejas as well fighting. Uh, obviously, getting a good placement. Well-deserved good placement here on, on the main card after uh, beating James Goddard. So, definitely fair play to, uh, fair play to him. Um... Maybe we'll touch on UFC London a lot last week as we kind of get into the, the questions here, but just briefly maybe. Um, Gunny Nelson versus Leon Edwards, Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal. Pretty strong UFC London card, isn't it? For a, for a, yeah, for a final card, good like, card. Obviously, it's not, it's not like, you know, people always complain, oh, where's the, the top fighters? They're never going to put top fighters in a different time zone, not on pay-per-view and all that stuff, but... For what for what for what we've been getting the last few years, this is this is a good card. This is a really good card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and look, I think. But it's not like you know, oh, so exciting. Like, mm-hmm. uh, can't wait for this card either. Like, I it's, think it, it is. It, it is what it is. It is for for the EMEA market. It's for like relatively, it is a really good card. I, I think the Gunnar Nelson Leon Edwards fight is actually a better fight be than than Till versus Masvidal. Uh, you know, Masvidal yeah. keeps getting these spots. I don't really know how, but fair play to him. It should be a good fight because he's a stand up guy. Till is a stand up guy. It should be a good, a good banger. And Till can come out and cut a promo after he he probably beats him. Although Masvidal's a tough out as well, isn't he? He's a good boxer. You know, it might be that easy for Till to get him out of there. So you know, it's it's a it's a good fight. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the the card uh, in general right let's get into to some questions here we're doing this podcast pretty early so if you have more questions send them in and i'll uh, i'll answer them uh, on the q a we don't have loads in here so we'll, we'll answer the couple that we have uh mark atwood has a couple here over on patreon what's next for dillashaw is a rematch with suhudo at 35 as good as it gets for for them but you know probably there's there's probably no bigger fight for him you know i talked about benavidez earlier i talked about marais or and so none of those fights are as big as as this fight or the you know the rematch here yeah, like Aston says, a rematch as well, but there isn't a like it's another rematch. There isn't there isn't this controversy around it where people are saying, "Oh, I should have went this way or would have went this or this would have happened." There isn't like emotional investment in that fight. And Aston says is is let's be honest, like not an exciting fighter yeah. a lot of the time. So, yeah, I think we talked about it earlier. Yeah, I think the the most logical fight to make next is is TJ and Cejudo at 30, 135 belt. Mm-hmm. He asked as well about Dan Hooker kind of said Greg Hardy was looking for a way out with that with that knee and you know it's his personality and no. stuff. I don't you think, think so. Nah, I, no. I don't. That's what he was saying. I, I don't think so. I think it was just I, I thought it was okay Dana White came out afterwards and said he was an inexperienced guy and I can definitely see some of that but I think it was just dirty. I think I think Crowder had riled him up you know by running forward I mean he's like I'm gonna fucking kick this guy do whatever I, I can to get him out and he just he didn't have his head on and it was definitely dirty. He was definitely kind of not thinking. And I think D- DC was kind of placating him as well in the commentary, which I didn't like at all. But yeah, I, 
I don't think he was looking for a way out, to be honest. Uh, I don't. Uh, all right, a couple here from Instagram and then a few from, from Twitter as well. Uh, Ross asked about the early stoppage. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. I think we both uh, agree with that. Um, Silky Wagwine. Thoughts on Cejudo mimicking Connor striking uh, heavy pressure, open flowy hands. Yeah, it definitely was, wasn't it, early? Yeah, anyway. we talked about this. Yeah. We talked about this a few fights ago for Henry Cejudo, maybe three or four fights ago, that he kind of changed his striking completely to... Like I talked about it last week when I was making my pick, Cejudo or uh, Dillashaw is kind of the Muay Thai, the kind of old, the old school way of that. That all MMA fighters nearly used to used to used to to kind of default striking stance or or striking discipline, and that's kind of evolved past that. And I think Cejudo kind of looked at that and gone, well, like you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to learn one. I'm like I'm not already been doing MMA as long as these guys, so I, I look he. Picked a style that will beat that it seems to a lot of the time beat the Muay Thai style, which mm-hmm. is obviously intelligent as well. So, um, I don't know if it's copying McGregor rather than just obviously, like when you're in the same stance, like a lot of the strikes are the same. But I don't know if it's like he's studying Conor McGregor, he trained and, with uh, Leon Machida as well. I think it's a lot, a yeah. lot like Leon's style as well. So, yeah, I think it's a good style for, for him. And yeah, like obviously, if somebody's, if somebody's dominant, like in the striking for, for years, like. Connor was, you're going, you like, you'd be smart to look at him, but you're like, I doubt it's just like, okay, I'm going to grab replicate Connor. He's probably taking things from, from loads of different guys, like obviously Machida, you mentioned, and other guys as well. If he, he's watching fights and he says, oh, I like this, or let me, what's that? Let me try and implement that. I'm sure loads of all guys are, all fighters are watching fights and they see, they see something, they go, oh, I could, I could make that work, and they, they try to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had this question in from about 10 people, and we probably should have talked about it earlier. Stian Berglund asked it, Dave the Rave on Twitter, um, Riggins over on Instagram as well. Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone calling him out. Conor McGregor accepted on Twitter afterwards. It's, mm. it's this fight, I think this fight actually makes, makes a lot of sense. Like you can probably put this, you know, we talked about this before. Put this on pay per view, even though it's an non-title fight. Of course, you can put this as the main event on pay per view. It's a very winnable fight for McGregor, but you know, uh, Cerrone could probably go in and, and take him down as well. Maybe if McGregor's not at not at a hundred percent or not what he used to be, you know, it's it's an interesting fight. I, I'd probably pick McGregor. You know, if he can get a kind of a full camp behind him, if he can get a, a longer period yeah, to prepare uh, ahead for Habib. Would you not definitely be picking McGregor now? Yeah, but is McGregor boxing versus Donald Cerrone? That's true, but is McGregor what he used to be like? You know, I don't know. He didn't look great in the Habib fight. If he can, you know, if he he could would Donald Cerrone look in the Habib fight? Yeah, that's true. But McGregor's like he's has he a lot of other things in his mind? Is he selling whiskey? Like, what's he doing? Is, you know, it's. That's the thing it's for Cerrone me. drinking beer and falling off quad bikes. Yeah, but you know, Cerrone's better when he's doing that. Like, I think McGregor was best <laughs> when he had not. Remember, someone asked him about like rugby or something. He's like, I have no idea. I don't know rugby. I don't know soccer. All I know is MMA. This is all I know and prepare for. And you know that better than anyone else. You know, you were there filming documentary. Yeah. Like, is he like that now, or is he in Dallas selling you know whiskey and is he you know filming promos? But obviously, like yeah, when you're when you're when you're on the dole and all you're doing is you don't have money to go out, you don't have money to buy things, you don't have money to do anything. You're your, your your mind's more on MMA. Like, I think that happens to a lot of these guys where they have to do more media. And Connor also talks about Hayton, has talked about in the past a lot of times, and was pulled from UFC 200. Was it UFC 200? Uh, for, yeah, I think For so, not I think. doing media. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously guys don't want to do this and it's definitely a distraction. And like, if, if guys could choose not to do this and to sell the same amount of pay-per-views, obviously they would choose not to do it. But it's a necessary evil if you want to make yourself a, a big star. Like you gotta, you gotta talk to these outlets. You, you gotta make these outlets like ESPN and all these people like you, and you know, uh, give them, give them their interview when they ask for it and stuff like that. So it's, obviously, it's when severe you're severe and well, especially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but obviously, when you're when you're like when you've got nothing else to do, you probably train more, or, you, or maybe even not train more, but you're thinking about MMA more because it isn't. There's no other things in your mind. You're not getting phone calls about, you know, other ventures. Uh-huh. You're just thinking about it. Like Paddy Hulan mentioned it in the 10,000 Hours documentary. He's like, you know, he closes his eyes and he's just seeing sequences and jiu-jitsu yeah. or an MMA in his head. He tries to sleep and he's just thinking about MMA. But when you have other things to think about, maybe like, you know, you're thinking about you have two kids or whatever you're thinking about. Exactly. Yeah, there's like things change for, for all fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like it'd be a good, it'd be a good, fight to answer those questions you know McGregor talked a lot before about doubts and people having doubts about him 
And I didn't always agree with that, but definitely now there is doubts about him. And if he comes in and he was to beat Don Cerrone, I think he can 100% go out and say, fuck all of you, what doubts, you know, give me this Habib or give me GSP or whoever you want next. You know, I, I think he'd, he'd be well entitled to do that. So, yeah, it's, look, it's it's a fight that makes a lot of sense, makes a lot of money. I think people Cerrone... People seem to be pretty excited. Like, there's yeah. a lot of people talking about it. People seem to be more excited about it than I thought they would be, but... Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. So. All right, last question here from Amy McLean. Who do you hate more, Cejudo, Edgar, or Jurgen Klopp? Well, definitely Jurgen Klopp, because I don't hate the other Cejudo. guy. Cejudo? Yeah. That's just strange. Yeah. You, love, you love Jurgen Klopp, really, though. I fucking you just... hate... Oh, he's a prick. I, did, you see, did you see Nuno Espirito Santo getting sent off yesterday for about 30 seconds after Wolves scored? He walked onto the pitch to go into a thing. And Jurgen Klopp fucking runs onto the pitch half a fucking millisecond after Liverpool score, knocks a fucker out, you know, you know, Punches the referee in the face and doesn't even get banned. Like what the fuck? So didn't didn't Man United like Alex Ferguson and Brian Kidd like run onto the pits, are sliding yeah. on their knees and shit? Yeah, exactly. Nothing happened. I'm sure, these things happen. They they probably did. They probably that was a different age. It was like ninety three. <laughs> it it's some joke though. The favoritism Liverpool again. Look at all the fixtures we talked about before over Christmas and everything. Well, that's what I talked about. The, the getting out of the, the carrier bag and the FA Cup and all these dumb trophies yeah. is that's why you get these joke. ten day or whatever nine day rest. And what about Salah fucking diving every week now to win Liverpool games? What a fucking joke joke of a player do you, you think setting aside yesterday do you think any of the other ones were dives or do you think the, the, like, the one last week wasn't but the one the week before was definitely a dive that was that was a really bad dive no I think I think like okay it depends what your de- definition of a dive is going down you have to go down to get the penalty yeah you, you yeah, agree, I agree with that, with that yeah, but and if you're if you're pulled on the shoulder or kicked it's 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 the right decision to go down obviously if you get very slightly brushed it's it's like it's a bit iffy but Yesterday as well, he does get pulled on, on oh, the shoulder. That's, that's, yes, that's not a that's not a foul. No, listen yeah. to me. He, okay, he gets put. He gets he gets touched on the sh- shoulder a little bit. That's just the contact sport. That's what happens. Like every defender is doing that. You got to keep. You you, you got to do that. But he does kick him in the leg, and then most of that goes down. Like okay, it looks like a second later, as I said on match of the day or whatever. But in super slow motion, it's obviously like straight after. But like really by. The letter of the law, it is a penalty, and then the, and then he do, and then he throws himself on the ground. Like he gets kicked and he throws himself on the ground. He's a joke. He's a fucking cheat. That's all he is. Let's be honest though. Like that's in, the game. Wasn't he? Was he not kicked in the leg? No, I didn't even see it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, didn't see even it. see it. And just like it. no way, no way, no way. <laughs> But I did see, I, what I did see was a fucking Crystal Palace goalkeeper punching the ball into his own net. Like if, the, you know, I said jokingly, but I, I actually do, the name is on the cup, like it has to be after something like that happens. The fucking goalie punched the ball into his own net. What the fuck? Yeah, but like, you know, the, the ref missed two handballs. Like, uh, I understand the handball in the box and a minute later they scored the opening goal. He actually gave a free, he, he taught a Liverpool player to handle it and gave a free the other way. All right, sure. It's like, like, come on ref, like, you know, if, you're, if you didn't see it, don't give anything. Don't give the like this guess and give it against Liverpool when what, it could have been a penalty. What about Man United being back? It's great, and it's Man United and Liverpool in the the Champions League <laughs> final mad. next year. It's gonna be class. It's mad that like uh, Arsenal and Chelsea they were looking at Man United being like, oh shit. I, I think actually Tottenham are, we're we're going to probably pass out Tottenham because Tottenham are fall into Kane yeah. out. Dembele is uh, gone. Son is gone. After the how long is the Asian? I think it's a, thing? a I think it's a month or something. And they, you know, Japan usually get to the final or they won it the last time. I think anyway, so he'd probably be gone for most of it. Like so, three three weeks, month probably. So that's that's a big blow. San is one of their best players. Like, and I think Lucas Moura was injured there as well for a while. So yeah, yeah and he was also a really good player, Sam, but he didn't really score enough. But now he's actually been scoring a lot as well. So yeah, hundred percent. Alright everybody, thanks very much for listening, really uh, really enjoyed that one. If you want to hear more, sign up, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. Did a really interesting podcast this week uh, with my friend David Musgrave uh, over there on uh, on Patreon and it's up for free for everyone, so if you want to tr- try that out, we talked a lot about Dominic Cruz, uh, he's a physiotherapist, so we... Uh, we, uh, we talked about crews and we talked about injuries. We talked about mindset and how you recover and everything. It's not something that's talked about that much uh, in MMA, to be honest. And uh, I think it's, it's a very interesting thing. So you can follow him as well on Twitter, at Boa Vox Physio. Uh, he has a lot of good videos and stuff there. And, and definitely give that uh, podcast uh, a listen to. So anything else, Graham, before we go? Patreon.com for us from my podcast, obviously. Any, any no, that's it. updates, any news? As I'm looking for my uh, <laughs> inspirational quote of the week here, but I found it. <laughs> All right. Basically, basically, what you're saying is just talk to for a second. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have two of them. Here, which one will they go for? The first one or the second one? Both. Both? Oh, okay, go on. I'll do it. A double inspirational quote of the week here at the end of it. All right, everybody. A dog doesn't need courage to chase off rats. And it's nice to be important, 
but it's more important to be nice. We'll see you next Tuesday. And second, second one's much better. This is it. Yeah, that was. I robbed it from Bin Car or Bin uh, Foresight. So fair play to him. All right, everybody. Good luck. We'll see you next week. Next, no, we'll see you next Tuesday. Actually, good luck. Bye.